Chapter Two of The King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two Alveric Comes in Sight of the Elfin Mountains. To the long chamber, sparsely furnished, high in a tower in which Alveric slept, there came a ray direct from the rising sun he awoke and remembered at once the magical sword which made all his awaking joyous it is natural to feel glad at the thought of a recent gift but there was also a certain joy in the sword itself which perhaps could communicate with alverick's thoughts all the more easily just as they came from dreamland which was pre-eminently the sword's own country but however it be all those that have come by a magical sword have always felt that joy while it still was new clearly and unmistakably he had no farewells to make but thought it better instantly to obey his father's command than to stay to explain why he took upon his adventure a sword that he deemed to be better than the one his father loved so he stayed not even to eat but put food in a wallet and slung over him by a strap a bottle of good new leather not waiting to fill it for he knew he should meet with streams and wearing his father's sword as swords are commonly worn he slung the other over his back with its rough hilt tied near his shoulder and strode away from the castle and vale of earl of money he took but little half a handful of copper only for use in the fields we know for he knew not what coin or what means of exchange were used on the other side of the frontier of twilight now the vale of earl is very near to the border beyond which there is none of the fields we know he climbed the hill and strode over the fields and passed through the woods of hazel and the blue sky shone on him merrily as he went by the way of the fields and the blue was as bright by his feet when he came to the woods for it was the time of the bluebells he ate and filled his water-bottle and travelled all day eastwards and at evening the mountains of fairy came floating into view the colour of pale forget-me-nots as the sun set behind Alverick, he looked at those pale blue mountains to see with what colour their peaks would astonish the evening, but never a tint they took from the setting sun, whose splendour was gilding all the fields we know, never a wrinkle faded upon their precipices, never a shadow deepened, and Alverick learned that for nothing that happens here is any change in the enchanted land he turned his eyes from their serene pale beauty back to the fields we know and there with their gables lifting into the sunlight above deep hedgerows beautiful with spring he saw the cottages of earthly men past them he walked while the beauty of evening grew with songs of birds and scents wandering from flowers and odours that deepened and deepened and evening decked herself to receive the evening star but before that star appeared the young adventurer found the cottage he sought for flapping above its doorway he saw the sign of a huge brown hide with outlandish letters in gilt which proclaimed the dweller below to be a worker in leather an old man came to the door when alverick knocked little and bent with age and he bent more when alverick named himself and the young man asked for a scabbard for his sword yet said not what sort it was and they both went into the cottage where the old wife was by her big fire and the couple did honour to alverick 
the old man then sat down near his thick table whose surface shone with smoothness wherever it was not pitted by little tools that had drilled through pieces of leather all that man's lifetime and in the times of his fathers and then he laid the sword upon his knees and wondered at the roughness of hilt and guard for they were raw unworked metal and at the huge width of the sword and then he screwed up his eyes and began to think of his trade and in a while he thought out what must be done and his wife brought him a fine hide and he marked out on it two pieces as wide as the sword and a bit wider than that and any questions he asked concerning that wide bright sword alverick somewhat parried for he wished not to perplex his mind by telling him all that it was he perplexed that old couple enough a little later when he asked them for lodging for the night and this they gave him with as many apologies as if it were they that had asked a favour and gave him a great supper out of their cauldron in which boiled everything that the old man snared but nothing that alverick was able to say prevented them giving up their bed to him and preparing a heap of skins for their own night's rest by the fire and after their supper the old man cut out the two wide pieces of leather with a point at the end of each and began to stitch them together on each side and then alverick began to ask him of the way and the old leather worker spoke of north and south and west and even of northeast but of east or southeast he spoke never a word he dwelt near the very edge of the fields we know yet of any hint of anything lying beyond them he or his wife said nothing where alverick's journey lay upon the morrow they seemed to think the world ended and pondering afterwards in the bed they gave him all that the old man had said alverick sometimes marvelled at his ignorance and yet sometimes wondered if it might have been skill by which those two had avoided all the evening any word of anything lying to the east or southeast of their home he wondered if in his early days the old man might have gone there but he was unable even to wonder what he had found there if he had gone then alverick fell asleep and dreams gave him hints and guesses of the old man's wanderings in fairyland but gave him no better guides than he had already and these were the pale blue peaks of the elfin mountains the old man woke him after he had slept long when he came to the day-room a bright fire was burning there his breakfast was ready for him and the scabbard made which fitted the sword exactly the old people waited on him silently and took payment for the scabbard but would not take aught for their hospitality silently they watched him rise and go and followed him without a word to the door and outside it watched him still clearly hoping that he would turn to the north or west but when he turned and strode for the elfin mountains they watched him no more for their faces never were turned that way and though they watched him no longer yet he waved his hand in farewell for he had a feeling for the cottages and fields of these simple folk such as they had not for the enchanted lands he walked in the sparkling morning through scenes familiar from infancy he saw the ruddy orchis flowering early reminding the bluebells they were just past their prime the small young leaves of the oak were yet a brownish yellow the new beech leaves shone like brass 
where the cuckoo was calling clearly and a birch tree looked like a wild woodland creature that had draped herself in green gauze on favoured bushes there were buds of may alverick said over and over to himself farewell to all these things the cuckoo went on calling and not for him and then as he pushed through the hedge into the field untended there suddenly close before him in the field was as his father had told the frontier of twilight it stretched across the fields in front of him blue and dense like water and things seen through it seemed misshapen and shining he looked back once over the fields we know the cuckoo went on calling unconcernedly a small bird sang about its own affairs and nothing seeming to answer or heed his farewells alverick strode on boldly into those long masses of twilight a man in a field not far was calling to horses there were folk talking in a neighbouring lane as alverick stepped into the rampart of twilight at once all these sounds grew dim humming faintly as from great distances in a few strides he was through and not a murmur at all came then from the fields we know the fields through which he had come had suddenly ended there was no trace of its hedges bright with new green he looked back and the frontier seemed lowering cloudy and smoky he looked all around and saw no familiar thing in the place of the beauty of may were the wonders and splendors of elfland the pale blue mountains stood august in their glory shimmering and rippling in the golden light that seemed as though it rhythmically poured from the peaks and flooded all those slopes with breezes of gold and below them far off as yet he saw going up all silver into the air the spires of the palace only told of in song he was on a plain on which the flowers were queer and the shape of the trees monstrous he started at once toward the silver spires to those who may have wisely kept their fancies within the boundary of the fields we know it is difficult for me to tell of the land to which alverick had come so that in their minds they can see that plain with its scattered trees and far off the dark wood out of which the palace of elfland lifted those glittering spires and above them and beyond them that serene range of mountains whose pinnacles took no colour from any light we see yet it is for this very purpose that our fancies travel far and if my reader through fault of mine failed to picture the peaks of elfland my fancy had better have stayed in the fields we know know then that in elfland are colours more deep than are in our fields and the very air there glows with so deep a lucency that all things seen there have something of the look of our trees and flowers in june reflected in water and the colour of elfland of which i despaired to tell may yet be told for we have hints of it here the deep blue of the night in summer just as the gloaming has gone the pale blue of venus flooding in evening with light the deeps of lakes in the twilight all these are hints of that colour and while our sunflowers carefully turn to the sun some forefather of the rhododendrons must have turned a little towards elfland so that some of that glory dwells with them to this day 
and above all our painters have had many a glimpse of that country so that sometimes in pictures we see a glamour too wonderful for our fields it is a memory of theirs that intruded from some old glimpse of the pale blue mountains while they sat at easels painting the fields we know so alfred strode on through the luminous air of that land whose glimpses dimly remembered are inspirations here and at once he felt less lonely for there is a barrier in the fields we know drawn sharply between men and all other life so that if we be but a day away from our kind we are lonely but once across the boundary of twilight and alverick saw this barrier was down crows walking on the moor looked whimsically at him all manner of little creatures peered curiously to see who was come from a quarter whence so few ever came to see who went on a journey whence so few ever returned for the king of elfland guarded his daughter well as alverick knew although he knew not how there was a merry sparkle of interest in all those little eyes and a look that might mean warning there was perhaps less mystery here than on our side of the boundary of twilight for nothing lurked or seemed to lurk behind great bowls of oak as in certain lights and seasons things may lurk in the fields we know no strangeness hid on the far side of ridges nothing haunted deep woods whatever might possibly lurk was clearly there to be seen and whatever strangeness might be was spread in full sight of the traveller whatever might haunt deep woods lived there in the open day and so strong lay the enchantment deep over all the land that not only did beasts and men guess each other's meanings well but there seemed to be an understanding even that reached from men to trees and from trees to men lonely pine trees that alverick passed now and then on the moor their trunks glowing always with the ruddy light that they had got by magic from some old sunset seemed to stand with their branches akimbo and lean over a little to look at him it seemed almost as though they had not always been trees before enchantment had overtaken them it seemed they would tell him something but alverick heeded no warnings either from beasts or trees and strode away towards the enchanted wood End of chapter two alverick comes in sight of elfin mountains